0: they developed this huge sense of pride in being Assyrians. And the good thing is, a lot of them did come back to me or in different encounters, and they did say that we owe it to this website, that we're more into our culture than we ever were before.
1: hello everyone i hope you and your loved ones are doing well adessa here and for this week's guests on the assyrian podcast i invited Ashra Sada of the assyrian voice network also known as abn i want you to imagine life before the creation of facebook instagram twitter and whatever other platforms you use to connect with Assyrians. now i want you to go even further back than when you're thinking and lo and behold the assyrian voice network was created Having no prior computer software experience but bored and curious one night, Osher decided to create a website in April of 1999 that would later host voice chat, chat, forums, and more. This was before smartphones and laptops were popularized, so if you wanted to be on the internet, you were home. This was also before the time of fast internet, the era of dial-up where your patience was tested, but life moved a lot slower than anyway, so you didn't mind. You found yourself all of a sudden able to connect with an Assyrian in Australia that you'd never met before, even though you lived in Canada. For millennials and Gen Z's listening, you may think, what's the big deal? I can do that now. But the thing is, for that time, it was a big deal. All of a sudden, you didn't feel so far and scattered as a nation. You had a digital Assyria that lived within Assyrian Voice Network. In this episode, we get to learn more about the man behind AVN, the impact of the website, its legacy, and how Asher would like AVN to be remembered. He's also revamped the website and talks about how those who weren't a part of it in its beginning days can still have a part today. Support for this week's episode of the Assyrian Podcast is brought to you by Tony Kallagrakis and the injury lawyers of Illinois and New York. If you know anyone that has been in a serious accident, please reach out to Tony Kallagrakis. Tony has been recognized as a top 40 lawyer and a rising star by Super Lawyers Publication and has obtained multiple multi-million dollar awards. Tony can be reached at InjuryRights.com or 847-982-9516. Now without further ado, here is Asher Sada. I was born in 1980
0: in Baghdad, Iraq. Late in the 80s, just as the war between Iraq and Iran was underway, just getting started, lived there till 1993. And that's when we left and been to a few countries, Jordan, Turkey, Albania, and then in Greece for two and a half years. And then finally we settled here in, uh, in Toronto, Canada in 1997. So I've been here for 23 years.
1: For 23 years. And so how long were you in transient amongst those countries before you finally settled in Canada?
0: I would say it was pretty long. So we were in Turkey for one year in Jordan for three months in Albania for one and a half nights, one and a half days, and then in Greece for two and a half years. So all combined about uh, four years. So from 1993 till 1997.
1: And how old were you?
0: So when I left, I was about 12 and a half. And when I arrived here, I was 15 and a
1: half. So what happened in terms of schooling and life as you knew it at 12 years old?
0: Yeah, let's just put it this way. I skipped from... When I left Iraq, I was in Ar- in Arabic. They call it Safar uh, Saba, or grade, grade 7, or Awal Mutawasla, they call it in Arabic. And when I arrived here, I started in grade 11, just based on my age. But what happened between... I mean there was no schooling in, in Greece, uh, Turkey and, um, and Jordan, but I did manage to get English uh, language classes almost everywhere I went. In fact in Greece I was paying my, I was working and paying money to get the English uh, language school. There was no real no real school that I was able to attend other than the English class uh, languages.
1: Wow. So when you when you and your family finally settled in Canada, you had a little bit of uh, English experience already. Did that help you within the classroom?
0: It did actually I was lucky, like I said, all these years that I spent studying English, it did help a lot. I mean I still I was enrolled in ESL, but fortunately, I only had to do it, I believe, in grade eleven, mm-hmm. and by grade twelve mm-hmm. I started focusing on on the sciences and mathematics and everything else because I had a big gap in my math, like, like I said, having left in grade seven and then I unfortunately skipped grade eight, nine, and ten,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then when I arrived here, I had to jump into grade 11.
1: Do you have any uh, siblings?
0: I do. I have two older brothers and a younger sister.
1: So it was a family of six that had yeah, it was,
0: Yeah, so was my myself, my three siblings, and my mom. My father, actually, we left uh, Iraq in February 1st, and we were in Jordan for two months. He passed away, so we had to go back. Oh, I love you. Uh, Yeah, thank you. And then we left again in July of 1993, so...
1: What were your initial thoughts when you came to Canada?
0: The interesting thing is that our initial destination was actually your hometown, California, because my relatives are all in Modesto and uh, San Jose. So yeah, unfortunately, it didn't happen. We couldn't get the visa, and we ended up coming here. I mean, there was an adjustment period, but I mean, 23 years later, um, I'm I'm used to it. I like it, but I would still much prefer to live in a hot place. (laughs) When I mean hot, like something like Baghdad, like you're talking like in the forties, the hotter, the better. I'm just used to that dry heat.
1: Totally, I, I, I'm the same way. And I can imagine mm-hmm was quite an adjustment for you in many ways, but one of them being weather, going from such warm weather like that, even within some of the countries that you had gone to, and then finally in Canada where it's uh, quite different <laughs> in terms of climate. When you all had settled in the greater Toronto area, was there a significant Assyrian community at that time? Did you have relatives here? Did you know people? What was that sort of experience like in terms of adjusting yeah. the greater like Assyrian community here?
0: Very lucky to have a lot of relatives and uh, cousins here actually, Uh, like just as many as I have in California probably. So the adjustment in terms of the social connection was not that hard because everybody was already here. When we first arrived, we lived in, um, a lot of people know these two areas, Jane and Finch for two months. And then we lived in Jane and Steeles for the next four years. And that's a, a, a hub of where a lot of Assyrians live till this day actually. And then in 2001, about 20 years ago, we moved here in Woodbridge, which we've had just as many Assyrians move here in the last 10 years, by the way.
1: Yes, absolutely. Woodbridge is definitely a hot hub for Assyrians. Can you paint a picture for listeners of what the Assyrian community is like or how you've experienced it within the GTA or Greater Toronto area?
0: First word that comes to mind is very diverse. And you literally what I live. You've got Assyrians from every village and town that you can think of from, I mean, the majority are from Iraq. I know some from Syria and Iran, Mm -hmm. but any, any village or town back home, you name it, we have them living here, hardworking. I think a lot of them have businesses schooling wise. I mean, I'm not up to date with the schooling matters. Like I was when I was with AXU, the student association, but as far as I know, a lot of them, the new ones that are growing up here are pursuing higher education. And, and you see them in a lot of places, they have a lot of gathering places you can easily if you want to meet up with Assyrians, there's more than one place that you can uh, get to see them and talk to them.
1: And how did you come to interact with um, the Assyrian community in the GTA? Was it through church? Was it through cultural activities? Was it through organizations? What did that kind of look like for you?
0: So it goes back to, well, I mean, other than the website, uh, it goes back to 2001. So in 1999, the Assyrian Chaldean Syriac Student Union, or ACSU, was established. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joined in 2001 when I was still in university till 2003. And then again from 2007, long after I had finished school, to 2010. So that was my main engagement with the Assyrian community. And we did a ton of activities. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we had other collaborations with, with ZOA or other organizations in Canada,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that kept us really busy and engaged with the community.
1: So you were quite involved in the Assyrian community from, from a young age, uh, outside of just your family and who you knew, that sort of the interaction that you had is through the student union and your involvement with it. And you had mentioned a university. What did you, where did you attend university and what did you uh, graduate with?
0: So I attended one year of Seneca College and then from there we transitioned, sorry, I transitioned to uh, York University. I did three years, a program called Business and Economics. I graduated in 2005.
1: So your degree that you received at the university, did computer science have any part to do with that? Or how did you sort of get into the idea of creating what we now know as the Assyrian Voice Network?
0: I had a lot of interest in pursuing computer science, even though I didn't really end up doing it. But in my first year of university, even my one year in college, I did take a few it programs but the website and developing and so on that didn't have much to do with my education because my education was more focused on finances business statistics and so on a little bit but not not a whole lot
1: so just having that extent of knowledge how did you go from that to creating a, a website a network if you would call it
0: this is well-documented actually, I, I have it on my website somewhere. It was late March. Well, officially it was April 15th. That's the date I have, but late March, literally one day I was just sitting home. And, um, at that time there was, I believe Google was not even invented or maybe it was or was just getting started back then the, the hot search engine was Yahoo and, um, Lycos excite. So one day I was literally, I mean, I had some interest. I had seen some websites here and there. One day I literally had nothing to do. And I just started, I can't even say Googling because it wasn't even Google. <laughs> I started searching on, on Alta Vista, and I was searching about websites and one thing leads to another. And then I end up on this, uh, I mean, it doesn't exist now. It's called, I believe it was zoom.com. Uh, you can create your own members page. At that time you couldn't really create your own as in your own domain. It was very expensive. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with uh, kind of like a, kind of like your own subsection on their community website, it was called. At that time, it wasn't called Assyrian Voice. It was actually called Assyrians in Canada website. It was more about Assyrians here in, in Canada, and in Toronto. As it started getting momentum and more visitors, in October of 1999, we got lucky in that the text chat, which everybody knew at that time, on uh, Artur.com, they suddenly just shut down. There was and there was no replacement. And literally I had no internet that day. I can't remember what happened, but that day I had, uh, I was offline, and my friend called me from the from the same building and he's like did you hear about this i was like no he's like there's no more chat and right i was like you know what this is my opportunity let me see if i can do my own chat on my own website what was Auto chat oh i was just basically a text chat i mean there was no voice chat at that time there was no messenger there was no um i mean there was no profiles there's no social network social media and so on so that was basically your default place to go to connect with people it was just text chat nothing else but it was Hugely popular till this day. I don't know why they closed it. And uh, I basically stepped in and I was like, you know what, this is my lucky day. So I added a chat to my own website and literally within, within a day and night, huge explosion in, in, in growth, everybody heard about it, that there's a new chat, so basically that was our lucky um, hit and one thing leads to another. And then I changed the website name from Assyrians in Canada to Assyrian Boys. And then we get lucky again in December of that year, where I had a voice chat, which is the first stream to have a voice chat. And then next thing you know, we went literally from, let's say, 100 visitors a day to 1,000. And then it never stopped.
1: Okay, so I'm trying to kind of visualize myself being in, in that time, seeing this opportunity and being so excited about it because... Even when I was younger, during those years, the extent of the connection that I had with the internet was like any time that I could go on, sign on to AOL, or if I could go on to AIM and chat with my friends, it was like the most exciting thing ever. So I can imagine because the the internet still at that time was still a very early and kind of, you could say, foreign concept (laughs) to people. They were... Gradually going on the computer, having access, having access to dial in. And so it was kind of this level of mystique I can imagine. And so to go from that and then hearing somebody creating something like the Assyrian Voice Network, where you can connect with the Assyrians all over. If you could describe, like, what were you feeling when when you started it and you started seeing so many people on the website.
0: So just to uh, elaborate on what you just mentioned about how special it was, just let me just take you back to I don't know if you were, to say if you're old enough to have been in that time when we had the dial-up the sound of the dial-up when it would take a couple of seconds and then it would finally connect. That was the best sound ever. <laughs> I remember <to> that time. <laughs> it would connect, and the first thing we would do is, I mean, unless you had to do something else. It would be to the Assyrian chat whether it was on my website or before that it was on Ninwe and uh, com. now to answer your question so it was uh like i said i was getting some hits on my website but nothing crazy and still at that time there wasn't a lot of web- websites and i'm talking 1998 1999. I, in, in fact i i logged into the internet for the first time from my own computer it was september 15 1998. so It was a very, very special time. We would literally take turns, me and my brothers, to be on the computer. So, and like I said, in October, I literally get this phone call from my friend. We both live in the same apartment and he told me about this and he knew I had a website, but I don't know if his intention was for me to get my own chat or to take advantage of this. But as soon as he told me that, and the funny thing is I didn't have internet that day, like I said. So right away, I actually had to go to his apartment and uh, log in from his computer and try to do these changes. It wasn't easy because I had to take my own CD and install it on his computer and log into my website. It took about a night or so, but I was I was able to complete it that same night. And um, like I said, within 24 hours, we went, say, from 10 visitors a day to 10 times that, maybe 100. And then the next thing you know, more and more and more. Oh, oh it's so exciting. I was like, you know what? This can't be this easy. But then I thought it is easy because people love the chat and there's nothing else. Like at that time, like in retrospect, not much else like you have right now. And then, um, I mean, if that wasn't enough, we got lucky again, like I said, in December, when we added the voice chat. And that was then we went from 100 visitors a day to like a thousand, and and it never stopped, basically.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I read on your on your website that you're you're saying like from one day to the next you saw the traffic jump like over 200 percent, and that like a lot of Assyrians had heard about the voice chat concept and were waiting for it. So what what was the voice chat concept like? Because the way that I understand a voice chat with an iPhone that I have right now is is sort of like a voice memo. So how what how did it work on? on Assyrian Voice Network?
0: It worked exactly like the text chat. So on the left, you have a panel with all the usernames. And in the middle, you still have a text chat. But then you can either type or you can grab the mic, press, I believe it was F5 at that time, or F9. And then that gives you the mic and then you can talk. Now, the interesting thing is, even though people were waiting for a voice chat so that they can hear each other's voice, the interesting thing is that the transition from the text chat to the voice chat was not that big and that they they almost look the same even though they're from two different companies so it was such an easy transition to go in plus people were able to chat while voice chatting to each other so it was it was an instant hit in fact i i think you read it i mentioned on the website that in the first year of having the voice chat we hosted about five to ten different singers politicians Uh, and remember that at that time it wasn't as common as it is right now with Facebook live or YouTube to be able to host your own um, you know live pro- broadcast so it was extremely popular now to make it even more in demand we actually had a limit on how many people can can log in so i believe it was a, it was 50 and people would literally just try refreshing refresh just to get in
1: so. wow one of the things i like that you had written on the website is um for the first time ever, people were able to hear other Assyrian accents online, all from the comfort of their home. What value do you think that held?
0: It's still it's still on my mind actually. It's funny because I'm I'm a I mean I love all Assyrian accents, but there's certain ones that I love listening to. So here's your I mean, in the past you could I mean go to a church or to a picnic and you get to meet with some people, but they're most likely your own people, so you don't hear different dialects.
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: here you're literally. For the first time able to hear different dialects and when i see different i mean really different because people are at home they're like in the comfort of their own home they can speak their mind and uh speak with that dialect that they do to their own family and yeah it, it was extremely special it was it was
1: given the community i i'm gonna totally take a guess here but like given the community within uh, Assyrian voice and it really did seem like it was a community Um, You know, how sometimes people have different accents and so can be like, oh my gosh, yours is so different from mine. But it seems like, is it true in my guess that people were welcoming of other people's accents, even though it might have, they might have said words that were totally different than what they're used to, how they're used to pronouncing them?
0: So for the most part, everybody was welcoming towards each other. But I mean, you had the occasional, you know, somebody would go in, grab the mic, Let's just say make fun of this accent. I mean, they didn't meet in a bad way, but they were always used to hearing their own accent uh, or speaking English to their friends or whatever they lived. They they literally had never encountered or hear that that different accent. So they would make fun. For example, I call it khilia, you probably call it Halwa, and so on. So things like that. But I mean, it was all in good good nature. Nothing uh, bad. Yeah. Just remember one thing. So so even though I'm I'm, I'm used to our own dialects and the Chaldean Catholic dialect and so on, I can understand them all. The one dialect I had not had a lot of interaction with other than in songs, you're probably guessing where I'm going with this, was the Western Assyrians or the um, Suryoya from uh, uh, Turkey and um, well, I mean, mostly in Turkey, I mean, some some in Syria. Yeah. Yeah. So for the first time ever, you have them joining the voice chat and then trying to speak in their own dialect. And when they realized that some of us were not understanding them, they were trying to change it so that we can understand it. But at the end, we kind of like found a middle ground where we spoke their dialect, they spoke ours and it was all fine. But like I said, it was it was like a strange thing to be experiencing for the first time, basically.
1: Sure, yeah. Let's say we have a listener who was born in 96. So all of this stuff is like totally past them. They have no idea what we're talking about. What did a typical Saturday or Tuesday look like on Assyrian Voice?
0: Saturday night was actually the most popular because that's when everybody's off work. And uh, especially when it was wintertime here in in Canada and Eastern U.S., it would basically log in and just basically, I'm talking more voice chat now. Would just log in and basically be like a almost like a party from like 7 p.m to like 3 4 a.m to the point where i would literally leave it like i couldn't moderate past let's say 12 a 12 a.m and i would just sleep and hope that things will work out even though we did have moderators at the end but yeah it, it was so popular that there you there's no way you could you could moderate it 24 hours
1: and what did moderating look like like what 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 would a moderator do
0: they would basically just ensure that uh, people are abiding by the rules if we are hosting any uh, any uh, musicians or special guests, they would basically make sure that people are, are not grabbing the mic and not uh, giving it up. So basically give it, giving turns to everyone or make sure that the one that's being hosted has the mic for the most part, unless he wants to give it up for somebody to ask questions and so on. Oh, was just basically to keep the community safe and clean, that, That's that's what they did.
1: What were or what are the rules uh, with Assyrian Voice? So keep it clean, share the mic. Are those the big two?
0: These were the big two, but the other big one, just remember, so people are still, this is, you're talking late 90s and uh, early 2000s. People are still not as versed as they would be today in uh, community guidelines. Like everybody today is m- member of at least three different forms, groups, and so on. So at that time, there was no such concept. So you're literally like, starting this new world, I mean, you take some of that with you from the offline world and you know to respect people and so on. But it was kind of different online. Like, doesn't matter how you phrase it. You're behind a computer. Nobody can see you. You probably have a nickname. You don't have a real name. So it's easy to uh, misbehave and break the rules. So uh, as much as I would say most people behave, you had the odd, odd uh, kid here and there that would try to, you know, bend things to their own... Um, like for their own interest or try to look cool and so on so we had to have moderation both in chat and the uh, sorry the text chat and the voice chat as well
1: i read on on your site as well that between 2003 and 2005 you came close to shutting down the website many times or even selling it because it was becoming impossible to manage because you were doing full-time school two jobs um yeah how how did you do it
0: uh, yeah, that that period between 2003 and 2005 was uh, it was pretty tough. I'll just put it that way. Um, so what's happening is between 2003 and 2005, at that time basically, w- the website experience like it's it's biggest growth. Like it's every year is better than the one before, and so on. So at that time, uh, we had actually moved on from the voice chat. Uh, we only had the text chat and the photo albums and the forms and so on. It was you're talking close to 10,000 visitors a day which was like just just too much to manage and i was also in my uh, second and third year of school uh of university and uh, also working part-time slash full-time depending on the day so it was it was becoming really difficult especially with the amount of moderation you have to do because at that time we had the forms which funny enough required more moderation than both the text chat and the voice chat so i i literally came this close to either shutting it down or if there was somebody interested in taking it over and um keeping it going but, um, thank god I, I prevailed
1: yeah i mean it seems like a lot to to try to moderate where did you have your i mean members were coming on but like where were they all over the world like what were some countries that would constantly visit the website yeah
0: yeah, it was literally all over the world, uh, but I mean, the top three were U.S., followed by Australia, Canada, and at that time, I mean, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of them left. We had a lot of members even from Iraq and uh, some from Syria. So, so that's one actually interesting thing. So the people that were connected from Iraq and Syria, they had a different culture than the ones in the West. So you would have that, you know, you log into the chat, and some of them are typing in Arabic, and some are typing in English, and so on. So that would be. I mean, it wouldn't lead to problems, but there was a, definitely a, a clash of cultures. Let's put it that way. But um, yeah, it was more than a full time job. In fact, you have to remember that at that time there was still no mobile phones. There was no iPhones for me to log in and be able to watch things from my iPhone. It was all from the computer. In fact, not even laptops, it was more just desktops. So you had to be at the right place at the right time to be able to fix things. Or let's say if something is down. You have to spend literally the whole night. And in fact, I mentioned it in that uh, piece that I sent you. In uh, April 2005, literally just a few days before my exams were to start, the whole I believe it was the whole website that uh, crashed. Basically, what happened was the server that we were being hosted on got hacked. Not just our website, but the whole server, and the whole website was down. And for some reason, they couldn't bring it down. So I had to spend literally two days almost. Trying to bring things down before my exams. Did you figure out was, who hacked it? No, no. It was, it was very then. It wasn't. It wasn't targeted against my website, or it was just like the server that we were being hosted on. The whole server basically was hacked. So any website that resided in that server could have been thousands of websites. They all got wiped.
1: So, for example, with the with the chat and with the voice chat, would those at all be archived somewhere?
0: So, for privacy reasons, we never enabled archiving. So. The public chat, like once you close it, that's it, it's gone. Same with the text chat forms. I mean, luckily for us, everything is there since 2005. And that's when we started the new software because from 2001, to 2005, we were running a different software and it wasn't very advanced. In 2005, we, we switched to a different one. And in fact, just a couple of months ago, we switched to an even better one. Everything is maintained since 2000. So we have little data that goes back 15 years. We're talking about. Uh, I believe we have close to 35,000 topics and 570,000 basically messages being posted on the forums.
1: Oh my goodness! That I, I yep. need to look back into that. That would be a fun sociology project to to go back and look at the different uh, topics of conversation, how some of them have evolved to this day, how we're you know still repeating or still having same discussions regarding certain topics that's really interesting on the let's say for example i i was on there and i happened to find someone within the chat interesting to talk to was there a way for us to to have like a private discussion or how would we connect individually because i know there's a lot of people that met in that way
0: yep yeah there was definitely a private chat option and uh basically i mean that's how Like you said, that's how most people that got married off the website met through was, I mean, first you log into the chat and then you're chatting the public. And then next thing you know, there's an interesting person that's back and forth with you and then you could talk to them in private and then and then you can exchange information, whatever. But yeah, there was definitely that option there.
1: Okay, let's talk about impact. So on the site, it says uh, it has been visited some 6 million times and your discussion forums have close to 1,000 members. Did you ever think it would get as big as it did?
0: No, no, not not even back in 2000 when we hit those two lucky breaks or when we got lucky with the text chat and then later with the voice chat. Not in my wildest dream. I would think that it would be this successful. But uh, I, I must say that timing was on our side. Like we were lucky to be starting in 1990s. But the fact that we remain active 21 years later, uh, I was reading some stats somewhere that a uh, few websites really survive beyond a uh, maximum of five years and not just not just like talking to like all websites in general. So to be able to stay till now, 21 years, that, that's huge. So that's I guess we're lucky that uh, we've prevailed till till this day.
1: Did you receive any funding to like, support this?
0: No, it was all self-funded. I did have, I believe, 10, 15 years ago, I did have a link to um, if you want to make a donation through PayPal, but that was it. No, there was no, it was all self-funded.
1: Wow. It's evident that Assyrians um, have a a, a strong desire to connect by any means necessary. So what type of enrichment did Assyrian voice provide to Assyrians? What did it provide that uh, other spaces were, I guess, lacking?
0: I think we touched on the first one first, like finding uh, lost relatives or connecting with new accents and so on. But the really more important one, we, which I've mentioned on the website and other people have acknowledged it too, is that when the website opened and we had all these sections about, I mean, in addition to all the chat and the communication sections, we had sections about history, language, culture, and so on. You literally have people that are, I mean, they're Assyrians by name, but they've never been exposed to this material, to this uh, literature about their history and literally within a year or two, they've, uh, they, uh, like, being engaged or, sorry, connected with this material, they developed this huge sense of pride in being Assyrians. And the good thing is, a lot of them did come back to me or in different encounters, and they did say that we owe it to this website, that we're more into our culture than we ever were before.
1: How amazing is that? Who wrote the content for that?
0: I was mostly members that i knew or i would even get like the occasional email like random email from somebody somewhere saying that i've been coming to your website i'm not active in the part in the discussion forum or the chat but i read all the things and just like you know i didn't even know the language i might still not know it but i know a lot more about my culture i'm so proud just based on what i've been reading and uh, i mean all the discussions and everything else that are on on the website so that when I get these emails or when somebody tells me this in person at the gatherings that we've had in the past, it it, it's, uh, it brings great joy to me because we know we're doing something that has helped the community, specifically the younger generation, of course. And you know what? I, I can probably safely say that a lot of those are people that you probably met at conventions or even in gishro trips because I know some of the people in the gishro were members on my website. So you can find them all over the place. And you... These were people that were teenagers back then now they're probably in their 30s or even approaching their 40s so
1: sure so it's it's evident that the impact has transcended beyond just uh relationships or friendships amongst people but also a greater connection to one's own heritage so I think what Assy- what you have provided, what Assyrian Voice has provided to the Assyrian community is something that is truly invaluable. Nardin Sarkis, who is um, a friend of mine from San Jose, wrote a couple years ago a piece about Assyrians having a digital space online and how, I- I'm sure. paraphrasing here, but how it's having a digital space sort of transcends boundaries you know beyond boundaries and is able to connect a, a people that are scattered all across the world and having a, a little piece of home in a virtual space would you say that that is also similar sentiments to what a syrian voice provided and provides
0: yeah it, it did in fact i remember uh... In the early 2000s, one of our taglines or slogans was Syrian voice, the new Assyria starts from here. Because my idea was that, sure, we don't have a nation, we don't have a place where we can call home, like a real country, but at least you have a virtual space, like you were just mentioning your friend saying, where they can meet and basically have some sense of pride. And, and that's what I witnessed from a lot of people that have visited. And it's not, I'm not saying, could have been any other website, could have, would have achieved the same thing. my The point is that, I think, like you said, the Assyrians had that sense of connectedness. They want to be connected with one another. So if it was any other website, they could have achieved the same result. It just so happened that we were lucky enough to be, I mean, not the only website, there are other Assyrian websites that have done this, but we were one of the, that played a part in helping building this sense of pride for, uh, people that basically had no connection with with Assyrianism or the cultural language and so on.
1: Some of the comments from people that I saw on the site was, and I quote, myself and my fiance have been a part of the website since 2001, and if it wasn't for this website, I would have never met him. Another person said, the only way I keep in touch with anything Assyrian is because of this website. So I would like to thank Ashut and everyone who makes this website possible. And another person said, congratulations, you have brought so many people together and make us all a little more united. God bless you for all of your hard work and dedication. How do these kinds of comments make you feel?
0: They made me feel great. Actually, till this day, they make me feel great. Just knowing that just the same amount of work that I've spent on this website, like literally years or now it's two decades, that people actually did appreciate it. And it's not so much about them thanking me. It's about Actually knowing that they've got some utility out of it, whether it's to meet your, your fiance there, or you meet uh, friends that you lost touch with and so on. It's just great knowing that people are actually coming to the website to actually get some, some benefit out of it. It's not just to, to kill time or, you know, be online for one hour chatting or uh, looking at the photo albums. There's actually a real utility out of it. So it it made me feel great, and it it does still this day.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's definitely evident. Could you share maybe a, a couple of stories that come to your mind when you think about the history of the Assyrian Voice Network? May, maybe like a story or two that jump out.
0: Yeah. So so we talked about the big one or the two um, in 2005, where I had to fix things just before my exam. And you mentioned the one about uh, between 2003 and five where I almost came close to closing it all. In fact, uh, in 2000 as well, when we had the voice chat, it was getting so busy beyond my ability to control it, Um, also thought about just giving it up. But I mean, that was only like uh, short lived. wasn't that serious. Uh, The other one that comes to mind, and it still hurts me, actually, uh, was uh, I believe it was in February 2000. that's when I first got my first credit card. Uh, I was this close to getting the est domain name. but literally that that week where I was supposed to get my credit card and purchase the domain name, it was that, that week somebody bought it. so I couldn't get est until this day, I haven't been able to get it. so I've been using 3 And if somebody has that uh, domain name and they hear me now, send me a message. I would like to talk to you. <laughs> so that was it. Well, the other hard part that comes to mind, it was just recent, uh, you probably know, cause I mentioned it to you. 2018, we had another problem with our host, surprise, surprise. And basically the form were down for about a year. It only took me uh, this winter when we had COVID and I had more time to spend at home. Where I finally was able to fix it and brought it back. But yeah, that was a sad chapter in the website where the forms were down for about over a year. So, I mean, if you go on the website now on the forms. You'll notice there's a gap between mid 2018 till early 2020. Unfortunately, nothing was going on at that time because the forms were down.
1: And how about with regards to like topics or entertainment that happened on, on the website? Are there like one or two topics that you remember that were like super heated or got a lot of people engaged or?
0: Yeah, so in fact, I had a topic, I can't remember the exact list, but I had a topic of the top 10 most debated topics on, uh, on a Syrian voice forum. So one of the topics was always, I mean, just like you have in politics these days, was a, between the left and the right. We had a lot of conservatives, the Syrians, we had, and then you had the liberals on the other side, and then it was during the election of Bush versus uh, Al Gore, I believe. Yeah. And uh, there would be a lot of heated debates back and forth. And then uh, the other ones were, unfortunately, were in 2005 when we had some issues in the church, the Assyrian church. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was so heated to the point where we had to start banning people or just basically saying, you know what, no more discussion about this topic. It's just too sensitive and it doesn't help anyone. It just makes people more angry at the other side and so on. And, uh, I mean, you know, you have those controversial topics Assyrians don't, don't talk about in public. Sure. It will be discussed sure. with more open mind. But yeah, we definitely had those topics that uh, would would generate basically uh, heat from both sides.
1: Do you find that any current social media platforms replace the type of connections and discussions had on Syrian voice?
0: Yeah, I mean, if, in terms of technology, I mean, there's no competition. I mean, Facebook and uh, I mean, I really don't really use it much. I only I'm only there to promote the website. I'm on Twitter more often, actually. But the technology, I mean, is so far superior, of course. But the good thing about Assyrian Voice, and specifically the forms, is the flow of discussion is so much easier to follow than on uh, Facebook. For example, if you want to refer back to a topic on Facebook, it, it, it's, it's so hard. Like, I personally have tried it. You have to know who made that topic. You have to go to their account and so on, then scroll down and then refresh and so on. Whereas with discussion forms, you you can go to any topic with like one or two clicks, or you can just simply search for it and it will come up. So that's something that uh, the forums and the people that still use forums cite as a reason for why they still prefer discussion forms to Facebook. I mean, Facebook has got its advantage. I'm not saying it is to be dismissed. But again, for you want to discuss a topic or refer back to it? I think discussion forms of bulletin boards are much better.
1: Has there been any point in the in Assyrian Voices history that you started you've started to see a gradual dip in participation or engagement, and does that have any connection to the rise of other social media platforms?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It, it started literally in. Uh, I would say it was in 2011 or 12. People were still logging to Facebook even before then. But I noticed that in 11 and 12, that's when most people like, I mean, I'm talking about Assyrians now, started migrating to Facebook and um, Instagram, um, TikTok. So you you got a lot of competition from different social networks. But but like I said, what Assyrian Voice offers, it's still unique even 20 years later in that the discussion is so much easier to follow. It's a lot more quiet than the noise that you get from Facebook.
1: And the and the sense that I get too is that you can have more quality conversations. Like even if there's, I mean, it, they are discussions. I mean, even if you have disagreeances with, uh, with opinions or whatnot, that there's a level of respect. For people that are listening to um, this episode, I'm sure for those that were um, very engaged with, and still are maybe engaged with uh, a Syrian voice. They probably have a certain sense of nostalgia. What do you think that nostalgia holds? You know, what 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 do you often hear from people when they talk about a Syrian voice?
0: So till this day, when I run into some friends that whether I met them on a Syrian voice, I knew them before. Till this day, some of them they 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 talk about a Syrian voice or they'll be talking and they mention to their friend that's with them, for example, they'll say, this is the guy that you know, started Ethereum Voice, the first voice chat, and they always say, oh, that was the best website and so on. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to know that 20 years later, they still remember it and they still, they, it still had that special place in their in their memory to remember that. And speaking of uh, nostalgia, actually, one of the ideas that I have, which I will be working on to add to the website is, I'm gonna have a section called Ethereum Voice Museum which documents basically uh, what the website looked back in the day as I mean, I don't have all the screenshot and the sections, but I have most of it. So I'll be documenting basically what it looked like in the beginning, all these sections that no longer exist, whether it's a voice chat or the, we even have a, had a visual, a visual chat at one point. So I'm going to be documenting them and then just basically uh, telling the story of how they started, what they looked like and. how how it was used, and so on.
1: What do you see as the future of a a Syrian voice?
0: I'll I'll answer that question by saying that social networks, mainly Facebook, are here to stay. I mean, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But I think there'll come a point, actually, I'm already seeing it now, where people are, they still like Facebook. It it will always be there. It's kind of like a utility, just like Google is. But they want that complement to it. So I personally still log into Facebook almost daily, be it for my own website promotion or something else, but I complimented with with uh, checking Assyrian voice. Mind you, you know the story. It just came back, so it's, things are still going back to normal. But the idea is that I'm hoping that the uh, the future is at least for our Assyrians is to have both side by side. In other words, you check your Facebook feed for pictures and so on, but then you go to Assyrian voice for more, you know, uh, serious discussions, updates and so on, and that's. Like I said, we have 35,000 topics going back to 15 years. So there's a wealth of information and uh, data about anything and everything I've from the last 15 years, whether it's history, sports, music discussions, you name it, it, it's there.
1: That sounds great. And actually, that's exactly what I'm looking for is I, I don't, you know, someone like myself, I... I have accounts with basically all of the social media platforms. I am moderately involved or active with each of them, but I still feel like there's that missing piece where if I want to engage with other Syrians about certain topics and go a little bit deeper than just kind of, you know, a, a basic Post or something like that, unless that a conversation is happening in person with a group of people, which, you know, because of COVID right now is even more limiting, that there is still that missing piece. I, I crave for those kind of deeper discussions. And so it seems like a Syrian voice provides that and fills that void you know that need for that
0: sure yeah i mean I, i'll give you an example we have a topic that started back in 2008 so you're talking 12 years ago until this day it's going and it's actually one of the most popular topics the topic is basically tracing the uh syrian continuity from the time the empire fell in 612 to basically the last 100 years so basically we document whatever we find that proves that assyrian did exist and continues to exist after the uh fall of the empire So. If you go to that topic, it's so much easier to follow than if you were to follow this on Facebook, where somebody could make a post and people reply and then make comments and likes. But then if you want to go back to that same topic, you probably have to look for it. But then even if you do find it, it's outdated and you don't want to reply back to it because it's too old. And now you have to start a new topic and so on. So that's what that's the advantage that generally speaking, the forums have over um, social networks. I think social networks are more for connecting with friends like quickly, like making updates, I did this today, or I went to a vacation and here are the pictures and so on. But to have that serious and lengthy discussion about a topic where you're engaging back and forth with hundreds of people over well, this is 12 years now this topic, it's it's impossible to do on Facebook.
1: Yeah. And just looking at the site, uh, I'm just looking through some of these screen names that people had. Shout out to Ninwaya, shout out to Teretkhubba, to Babylonita, to Chaldean Chick, to Dabasha. I love these. These are awesome. What's your name on Assyrian Voice, Asher? Uh,
0: my name is, was always Asher, but it was different spelling. It was A S H O R. Very cool. Those things that you just mentioned were actually, um, I mean, some of the people listening to this, they might remember those names. Those were the <laughs> nicknames, they were very popular. And um, so they were, these things traced back all the way to the voice chat days. So you're talking 21 years ago.
1: Oh, Almost. wow. Asher, how do you want a Syrian voice network to be remembered? I, I want it to be remembered
0: in a way that the legacy is such that it's been there for 21 years. What has it done for the Syrian community or culture? Has it helped, let's say, uh, people find their, their passion and their, their culture? Like, were they somebody that had no idea what, what their culture was all about, and then they went on the website, and a couple of years later, they did find that passion, and they're more into it now? I also wanted to be remembered just as the name says. So it says Assyrian Voice. What does that mean? I've always had this idea where Assyrian Voice is a website. It's not just for Assyrians. It's also for non-Assyrians. In other words, it's a voice for Assyrians to tell the world who we are, what our history is, and so on. In fact, in the new new edition of Assyrian Voice, what I'm working on right now, I want to have more emphasis on the main homepage for people that are visiting to right away see who Assyrians are and then click and find out more. So it's it's a legacy of giving the world more about Assyrians and uh, who they are and to let them know that you always hear this, but that we still exist. We haven't, we haven't gone extinct 3000 years ago.
1: I love that. My last question that we always ask each guest, Asher, if you have one thing to say to to these Syrians all over the world who are listening, what would you like to say?
0: I'll, I'll say just one thing that the homeland or Iraq and where our ancestral lands are, that's where real Assyria is but I understand that a lot of people are le- uh, leaving from there. We have to do whatever we can to support whoever is persistent enough to stay there. Uh, I mean, it not, might not be safe enough for them to stay there. It might be greedy for me to say this, but if, if they've chosen to stay there on their own will, we have to do whatever we can to support them, whether they're in Iraq, in Iran, in Syria, even though that's uh, less and less easy, unfortunately, or even in, um, in Turkey. We have to do whatever we can to support them, whether it's visiting them or supporting their own businesses and so on. If they've chosen to stay there, let's do our part and help them make that stay easier for them. Because if you have, I don't know, if you have a hundred thousand Assyrians left in Iraq, and uh, in ten years, if half of them have left and there's only fifty thousand left, then we really have no presence there in, in about a hundred years. So let's let's just do whatever we can to support them, and uh, and in addition to that, just. Basically just do whatever you can to be invested in your culture. And, and and if you don't know the language, do your part to learn it, please. I have a five-year-old now, uh, he doesn't speak it. I mean, he was born here, of course, but I'm doing my best to teach it, teach him the language. And you know what, I think I'm seeing some results because he understands almost everything I say. So do your part and get educated in the language. And if you have any kids that were born here, please, please do your part to teach him the language.
1: And now we'll get to hear from a few people who've created and fostered relationships because of Assyrian Voice.
4: Hi, my name is Caroline.
3: And my name is Robin. Me and Caroline met on Assyrian Voice back in 2006. At the time, I was living in Canada and Caroline was living in Sweden. Our first of many interactions on Assyrian Voice was in the sports section uh, when it was the World Cup of Hockey, as Canada was playing Sweden. I was cheering for Canada, of course, and at the time Caroline went for Sweden. After we got married, Caroline moved to Canada. I just want to thank Assyrian Voice for giving us the chance to meet online. And Assyrian Voice is a very great platform to meet Assyrians from all over the world. And We've had the pleasure of meeting some of the members from different gatherings that happen in the States and in Canada. And if it wasn't for a Syrian voice, uh, me and Caroline would have never met. And for that, we are very thankful for a Syrian voice.
2: I'm Autarina. I live in London, Ontario, Canada. I'm Anita, Autarina's sister,
5: and I'm from London, Ontario, Canada.
4: I'm Don Toma. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Tony Denka, I'm also from Detroit, Michigan.
2: Just all those connections, all those partying at assyrian parties and conventions awesome memories like don and tony they're from the us anita and i are from canada we all travel to the us together throughout the us together somewhere in canada we'd always hang out we went to england one year and i got to meet a whole bunch of people there and you know some in the netherlands so just all the connections that you make with people around the world over the years and i mean those are just bonds that you have forever and the memories make when you get to meet these people in person, it's something you'll never forget.
5: I mean, we've started on AVN and still to this day, we're friends with the same amount of people. We go to conventions together. We, if there's any Assyrian parties close by, we always meet up and.
4: When I first got on, I was just overwhelmed and like kind of shocked that like, you see all these Assyrians in one place. You remember this is before, myspace and facebook and all you know all this new social media ways of getting you know in contact with people so this was somewhere where you could go and you could meet assyrians from all around the world and you found people you clicked with you found people you didn't click with i mean there was times (laughs) where you know you didn't get along with everyone but it was great it was this big community of people and in its heyday there was like a lot of people online at the same time so you got to meet all these people. And like Atarina Anita said, lifelong friendships. I mean, I have maybe 15, 20 people I can say that are truly close friends of mine now because of this website, because of this. I just really enjoyed the sports forum. I would always go in there and just
3: talk about sports with different people from all around the world. You know, I would talk smack about the Maple Leafs, of course, and the Raptors. And then we're talking about 2004, 2005 time when the Pistons were up top. but. The heat I would get and given it and we would just have a good time and talk about boxing with Will in England and I was man, I must have been like 17 years old when I joined the, uh, the form and I've built relationships to where 15 years plus with everyone and it's a it's a great it was a great great time of
4: our lives I feel like because we would go to these parties and the friendships and it was awesome. AVN was like it i mean people were on all the time and if you just Mm -hmm. miss it that you know you you would catch up a little bit later but you really didn't have to tell people to be on they were on it it was it was one of those things where you checked it was like today where you wake up and you check your social media accounts for me at least i'd be at work i'd be at school I'd, (laughs) i'd be checking it because i didn't want to miss out on anything but um the games definitely i remember the avn soap opera that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was the thread that went, along, like, went on forever and ever. Basically, <laughs> someone would start a story. So I would say, oh, so-and-so were walking down the street. And then you'd pause and let, let the next person comment and continue the story. And it was so ridiculous. I
5: think for me, another memory would have to be the secret Santa that we did.
4: Yes. Oh, so, that was cool. Yeah. So,
5: you know... Austin would post, who wants to be in this Secret Santa? You would write your name and you could be from all over the world. And yeah, so if I was in Canada, I could send a package to someone from Sydney, Australia. And it was just something unique and different and fun. So
2: I think that was my favorite part.
3: I would compare it to the community that I see right now on Twitter with the Syrian community, how it's pretty tight-knit. Mm-hmm. And then also the exchange groups that they got going on. So take the Twitter aspect and Mm -hmm. the student exchange group, you know, Mm -hmm. how they meet, they exchange. Because we used to do that. We used to, Mm -hmm. like, we'd find events. They'd come out here for a weekend. We'd have events going on. We'd come out to Toronto or wherever, Chicago, places like that. And we would just get
4: together. And then I see that now in the community. And it reminds me a lot of ABN. Mm -hmm. You know, millennials today when they ask about some of these friendships that I have and I try to explain where we've met and you know, one of my best friends in life is Vivian who lives in Chicago and I would have never met her. I would have never, you know, it would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And people ask, you know, how did you meet? And I try to explain this Assyrian forum online <laughs> back in 2004. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, but I've met so many great people from this. One. Like, you know, you try to explain it and not try to sound insane. But it's you have to have lived during that time, I think, to get it. Because I think nowadays, yeah, it's normal. You have all these different apps and you have all these different, you know, social media things that you can go to. But for Assyrians specifically, where you all connect and meeting and talking to people from all around the world it was a it it was different it just hit different you know (laughs) we would fight we there would there would be arguments we would fight and sometimes people would create um, fake usernames and we would call them out sometimes but nothing crazy nothing like today where people are brutal online it wasn't like that online bullying man oh god
5: a syrian sweetheart
4: a syrian (laughs) prince 21 the game 23
2: (laughs) When I was younger, I didn't really hang out with Assyrians at all until I went to Assyrian Voice. So, I mean, it's a good way to make connections with Assyrian people if you're looking to get into more of the community. Definitely go check it out.
5: I would recommend it as well. Not only you meet all these Assyrians, but in the forums, people post their events that they're doing in the area. So it gets you interacting with Assyrians.
4: You know, looking back 15 or so years ago, I didn't think that me joining this forum was like, Oh, me, you know, getting back into the Assyrian community. Not that I was ever out of it, but it definitely brought me closer to it. And I think that's super important and whatever way you could find to do that today, I, you know, for the younger generation, I definitely suggest them to do that because it has brought so much joy and happiness in my life. And again, all these lasting relationships. So definitely. Thank you, Avian, our Assyrian voice
3: for getting us all together. Yeah, I would definitely tell the community, check it out, give it a shot. I would love to see it revived and up and running and maybe have a reunion yeah.
5: somewhere. I want to add that, you know, this has made us closer. Like, even Don and Tony come over to our house and, you know, they connect with my parents. and best kebabs just, for dad Yeah, for cheese. kebabs. It's best kebabs. <laughs> it's not only just... You know me or my sisters it's it's like a family thing yeah. so know, it's at. awesome that they can come over feel comfortable and
4: absolutely
3: yeah so we're here
5: for well thank wedding. you abn yeah
3: you guys came up mm-hmm. the road at minor rota's wedding and viv and a bunch of people that we met some it's,
4: it's an amazing it's it was an amazing experience i had and still carry to this day i just like to say thank you to asher and Assyrian voice I don't think he knew what he was doing when he first started it, as far as what his impact was gonna be in the community. And I hope he's proud of himself and I hope he's happy with what he's done and all these relationships he's created. So again, thank you to Asher. Thank you to Assyrian voice. You've really changed my life and a lot of other people's lives. Thanks
1: for tuning in. If you were a part of AVM back in the day, I hope this episode brought you a sense of nostalgia. And if you've never visited the site, have a look today at Assyrianvoice.net. Thanks and see you next Tuesday.